there and welcome to the Weekend Podcast. It's Oliver Callan here at the midpoint of February. I hope you're enjoying your weekend or your midterm break with the small people. Or maybe you're just listening to this in some distant future time that we don't know about yet. What is it like there? I hope you get to see it. Where was I? Yes, here's a podcast and we put all the best stuff of the show this week into one neat ear hug for you. It'll make you feel smarter, we swear. So, we begin with our A-list visitor, Ruth Jones, of Gavin and Stacey Superfame. You know, the sitcom that ran for three seasons, set between Essex and Barry and Wales, culminated in a 2019 Christmas special that was watched by 17 million people in Britain, hundreds of thousands more in Ireland. This comedy was just enormous. And that Christmas special, by the way, was 10 years after the original sitcom had ended. Now, Ruth was in to chat to us about her new role in Sister Act the Musical, and she'd just come in from her first night of the gig in the Borgosh Energy Theatre Dublin, because she's performing there for a fortnight before doing the show in London's West End all the way to August. Anyway, I didn't really want to burden her with too much Gavin and Stacey chat, because she does so many other things, like best-selling novels and the like, and her utter Walesness. Oh, God, she's so Welsh. But a big story broke just as she arrived, and the reports that the show would be returning this Christmas, Gavin and Stacey that is, for another one-off special five years after the last comeback Christmas special, if you get me. Particularly because James Corden, he's finished his stint as a chat show star in Los Angeles. He's now back in Britain, where he's more free, I suppose, to meet up with his co-writing pal, Ruth Jones, and shoot another whopper turn of Gavin and Stacey. So the Sun newspaper even said that Netflix was battling the BBC for the rights to screen the special. It was in the papers literally the morning that Ruth was with us. So I asked her all about this speculation and her answer actually got coverage all across the place. Sky News picked up our interview, the British Radio Times, BBC News. It was everywhere. And they all said that Ruth Jones told us basically that sadly it's a rumour. They kind of report as though she poured cold water on any possibility of the Gavin and Stacey comeback. Now listen to her interview in this podcast. I don't think she actually totally rules it out. And of course she was only lovely elsewhere talking about everything else and loved being with us, which is always a very nice thing. I kind of want to be her best friend by the end of it. And I'm her number one fan now, let's face it. Because who doesn't love Nessa and her oddball feels on the show? Lush. What's occurring? Now, well, I was kind of doing that the wrong accent. What's occurring? There you go, Welsh. So after Ruth, we've a special treat. is an actual comeback that we didn't quite expect. Aslan were in studio with us earlier in the week with our brand new singer, Lee Tompkins. So the spirit of the late Christy Dignam is obviously there and he's being honoured because the whole band paid tribute to him but vowed to keep the music that they all wrote and shared in keep it alive by going on a brand new tour around the country. And by the way, this was the first time that Aslan fans had heard Lee Tompkins perform in any manner at all. So a big nervous moment. Our studio is not exactly designed for a massive live session like that. But they performed the song Precious live in our Wii studio. And then we had a great chat about Fingless and the daring adventure to keep the band together after Christie's sad death last June. And I really enjoyed having the lads in. And I think they made the right call in, in, in turning and coming back. Some of their gigs are already sold out. So the fans really do want it to happen at the start of the road in March. Now who else? The actor Norma Sheehan, who's amazing inside at the Gaithy Theatre at the moment, the John B. Keane play. She was our visiting critic. This is our slot where we get a, an unprofessional review of something that might be outside our guest's comfort zone. So Norma Sheehan, she's not a fan of sports movies. So we sent her to see the new wrestling film, 
The Iron Claw and she did not enjoy it despite the amazing reviews this film is getting but she did enjoy a self-help meditational book that she also reviewed for us but she didn't expect to enjoy that it's called Feckett well, that's the polite way we're putting it broadcast for the way anyway and at the very end of the podcast after Norma stay listening in because I bring you on a trip from the 1970s to the 2020s courtesy of the ever-changing basket of goods and services the CSO uses to measure inflation and it is proof that Ireland is indeed a basket case because of the periods and fluctuations of our mood in terms of what goes into the shopping basket from decade to decade. Spoiler alert on that, by the way. We only started buying deodorant in Ireland in 1982. And Ireland didn't buy broccoli or peppers until 1996. Also, the culinary discovery of mushrooms were a big surprise to listen. So that's after our chat with Norma. But listen to the rest. And thanks a million for joining us on the podcast. Do subscribe to the show on the app that you're using now, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Acast, all that crack. Thanks a million for your support on the wireless as well. RT Radio 1, of course, after 9am till 10am every Monday to Friday. And if you have interesting stories and things you think we definitely should know on the programme, pop an email anytime, even if you're living in the future. It is oliver at rte.ie. Simple as that, from anywhere, everywhere, all around the world. Thanks a million for listening, and we'll chat again sure. Bye-bye. Ruth Jones joins us here. Good morning to you, Ruth Jones. Good morning, Boreda. Um, it was terrible. Oh, what, oh yes. <laughs> That's a bit of Welsh. A bit of Welsh. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> uh, it's, it, obviously, Gaelic, I, the Irish language and Welsh don't see eye to eye. Um, no, of... we're a different We're a different thread of Gaelic, aren't we? Yeah, we're we different Celts. Different, different Celts, yeah. I was thinking a lot about Wales this morning and just thinking... You know Ireland and the Scots. We see, I we kind of know each other very well. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a Welsh yes like a block or yeah, something. Isn't yeah, yeah. No, you're, I think you're more connected to the Scots, aren't you? We're more we connected are. to the Cornish and the French. It sounds yeah. that sounds we've got, nicer. A, we've got a good Gaelic shrug. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. more sophisticated than uh, <laughs> we did. Kind of be, beat each other with sticks and throw at each other. Uh, sorry, we, I should introduce Ruth Jones because you always deserve gigantic intros. She has oh. written three best-selling novels. She sings. She writes. She's the wave-making star and co-creator of Gavin and Stacey. She's had memorable turns in Little Britain, Nighty Night, big BBC period dramas. Uh, you have a BAFTA. You have lots of comedy awards and MBE, of course, as well. And you couldn't be more Welsh unless you were rolled up in the spittle of every Jones from Tom to Catherine Zeta. Oh, what a lovely thought. Rugby passed through a uh, male voice choir covered in dragon tattoos. And here you are. Welcome, Ruth Jones. Oh, formally, thank formally you very welcome. much. Thank you. A formal welcome. Uh, by the way, slow set. Is that a thing in, in Wales? Yeah, but I've been listening to your show just out there and I thought you kept saying slow sex. I was thinking, oh, blimey. <laughs> They're, they're very passionate, aren't they, the Irish? Um, but no, slow sets. Well, we called it smooching. You used to go, have the smooch at the end of the night. Oh, and I just oh, you used to look forward to that because oh, who could you get? Of course, sometimes you'd be left standing because nobody wanted to mm-hmm. dance with you. So it was it was always a little bit precarious. That didn't happen to you, surely. Uh, Yes, of course it did sometimes. You know, I was a kind of 50-50. Yes, yeah, 50-50. Okay. You went out so often. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but youth club, and you know, at that stage, right, youth club, when you sort of first started doing the smooching oh, yeah. at the end of the night. So, so the end of the night would be like about half past eight in the evening. But at that stage in life, you know, the girls tended to have developed more than the boys physically. So you were usually dancing with somebody a lot shorter than you. Um, that was that was the downside <laughs> yes, at that stage in life. And then when you progressed to nightclubs, obviously it was a little bit different. 
But uh, some of those songs are quite triggering. That George Michael one in Is particular. that the one from that... Yeah, oh, careless yeah. whisper. Yeah, definitely. That brought brought back memories of of a boy I remember very well <laughs> when I was seventeen. Yes, and then he went back to his girlfriend, and so you know, you sort of like used to indulge in the tragedy of the lyrics, didn't you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a good song for Slow's. Brilliant, terrible, but that's a pretty particularly good one. Yeah, no, it is a good one. So the smooch you called the song the smooch. Was it was just smooch the, the smooch at the uh, smooch was the that time in the evening. It was time for that the smooch. whole ritual. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the shift is kind of what they call it in Ireland. Uh, smooch oh. is such a lovely, innocent word, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It sort of sounds like like smooch. Yeah, it's yeah. cute. Whereas the shift is kind of sounds like there are labour laws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eight to eight till six. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what the shift gets in. Uh, come here, you are one of the stars of Sister Act, the musical, yes. at the uh, Borgosh Energy Theatre, if that's too hard to say. Um, the Grand Canal Theatre will do. <laughs> Perfectly normal, just named after a gas company. And uh, so last night was the first yes. performance. Oh, it's, it's such a brilliant show. It's so uplifting, I have to say. I've seen it a few times because obviously I had to kind of like go and see where I would be fitting into the whole process mm-hmm. and it's the cast are phenomenal they are so talented uh the songs are brilliant and i just think you know in this day and age where everything all the rubbish that's going on in the world oh, and yeah. the horribleness it's you know a bit of musical theater anyway fantastic but this show in particular i think will just lift your soul it, it's just beautiful and you, you know everybody's like singing along at the end and dancing it's 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 gorgeous so yeah it's it's brilliant i recommend it highly it's hugely cheerful it's hugely and cheerful and um I never thought I would do a, a music. I mean, I love musicals. I love going to watch them. And I used to do them in school. Me and Rob Brydon used to be in musicals together because we went to the same school. You yes. See. So we were in uh, Carousel and uh, Guys and Dolls, that right. kind of thing. Um, so I always loved them, but I've never done one professionally. And it was That's never on the cards. Yeah. I, but, but I'm not really, you know, I'm not a singer. I can mm-hmm. hold a tune. You certainly I'm, can. Oh, I'm certainly not a dancer. That that <laughs> that did freak me out when I realised I was going to have to dance, um, but the uh, and the acting, you know, I've done a bit of that, so that's not too bad. <laughs> okay. But but it it was I never thought when I was first offered it, I thought, oh no no I, no I can't do that um, because I hadn't done any theatre since twenty eighteen. Um, theatre sort of frightens me a little bit because I'm always worried I'm going to forget my lines. But I do love being on stage, so it's a little bit of a. a um, Di- what's the word? Dichotomy? Is that the right Some, word? Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, and then I just thought, I'm 57. I'm never going to be offered the chance to be in a, a musical again. And you only live once, apparently. So um, I'm going to go for it. And I'm really glad I said yes. Brilliant. And you're the mother superior. I am indeed. I shall give you absolution. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah. she's Welsh, Kelsaprise. She's oh, a brilliant. Welsh mother okay. superior. Yes. She moved to Philadelphia 27 years ago and she hasn't lost her accent, which is quite convenient. You wouldn't lose that <laughs> the accent, would you? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and she's... She, it's quite funny, actually, because I heard you mentioning um, Downton Abbey was coming back and mm. uh, I was thinking about Maggie Smith. I had a dream the other day about Maggie Smith. Go ahead. that she Because she played the original Mother yes. Superior, didn't she, in the film? In the movie, yeah. And, uh, and that she said to me, you're playing her Welsh? 
oh no no that will not do um so uh yeah so i i, I was a little bit kind of uh worried about that this but is the dream okay. maggie smith that was the dream maggie smith real maggie smith would never i, th- I think she would be delighted in real life. <laughs> i think she would <laughs> when you put on the tunic and the wimple yes does something happen do you do you feel a, a power um i do feel really very very holy really <laughs> Well, as she laughs, do you know what? I, I thought, oh, gosh, it's going to be really uncomfortable wearing that thing. I love it because you can hide a multitude of sins under that habit, um, and plus a couple of packets of biscuits, <laughs> anything you need to keep you going <laughs> for the night. So, um, yeah, so, and it's great. And I pretty much wear that the whole time. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's good. And you just sort of sweep along and it gives you this sense of authority <laughs> uh, and the ability to absolve people of their sins. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, the authority thing. And you're in Ireland where the history of nuns um, evokes terror in people. Uh, yes, apparently. So I've heard. But you'd love um, to see actual nuns in the audience, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And do you know what? People come apparently and they dress up as nuns oh, as well. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, which is... quite confusing for the real nuns. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd love to know what real nuns think of it. Because it's not, it's not um, disrespectful. It's very, not, not at all, it's no, very so. positive. It, yeah. You know, it, it's a very positive um, uh, bit of PR for nuns, I think. <laughs> because initially in the movie, you're kind of thinking Maggie Smith, oh, she's going to be a nasty nun. Yes. But of course she... She's not a nasty nun. No. No. And, and my nun is certainly not nasty. And it's, it's really nice because I do get the chance to, to, to bring quite a few little Welshisms into it. Oh, yes. So, um, yes, there is a kutch in there. There's a kutch. Um, there's a little bit of a Welsh hymn as well. I do sing a little bit of Welsh, oh, of a Welsh good. hymn in there. Yeah, so I've put a little few bits, bits and bobs in. But if you come and see it, uh, because it is on until the 24th of February. Yes. And the, I know that they have sold, the weekends are pretty full. Pretty packed. But Monday to Thursday of next week, you can still get tickets. And there is... Um, a signed performance on the twentieth as well. Oh, very good. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so that so that's worth knowing. I think that is worth knowing. Yeah. So the whole thing is signed, and because it's such a spectacle anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thursday, Monday the nineteenth, the Thursday twenty second February are the, are the best available dates because yes. you've been selling the tickets like like crazy, and then you go to the West End in London. Yes, indeed. And so I hope that if my last night, if my uh, last night's experience was anything to go by, long may it continue because it was, it it was full and then everybody stood up at the end. It was like this massive standing ovation. But but I think because people were joining in with the music, you know, they were really getting down to it and, and, and just singing along and dancing. And so, yeah, going to London will be an, a whole new cast. So I will have to say goodbye to this lovely oh, cast. Who okay. I've got to know and, and, and they're, they're gorgeous. I, I love them and, and already I love them. I sound very actressy saying that, but it, it <laughs> has been a real um, lovely process working with them. And then, it, yeah, start all over again with Beverly Knight in London. So. And this will be your West End, your professional West End Debut. 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 Really? Yes, it will. It will. Uh, it's, it feels surprising that Ruth Jones hasn't been in the West End. <laughs> no, I never have. I've been, I was at the National Theatre and I did the RSC many, mm. many years ago. But uh, no, I've never been in the West End. So uh, it'll be at the Dominion Theatre, which is huge, apparently. Yes. So uh, 
Heck, that, you know, hope we, I you hope You do know what you've signed it. up to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to be happening. And of course, uh, you mentioned Rob, Rob Brydon there. Were you in theatre together and wanted to kind of go that route? Was that one of your uh, early No, plans? just that we did school productions school together. Productions. Yeah, yeah. And were you kind of anxious to be the leading lady there and to be... No, I think, do you know what? I think, I always think I'm not, um, I, I just love playing. I love the, I, that's the aspect I love of acting. It's just like playing. I love messing about. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I always think I'm not a terribly serious actress in that sense. Um, so to me, like performing and playing other characters was just another form of, of messing around, I suppose. And so doing it in school, it was just really good fun. You know, everybody doing a musical together, that was just really good fun. So I think that's why, how, how Rob and I were anyway. When you say you're not a serious, I mean, obviously you, you can act really, really well. And you've tugged on the heartstrings of people all, all over the world, especially in Ireland and, and Britain. Do you think comedy acting is not sort of seen in the same light? Oh Isn't gosh, no. I think it, I think it is definitely mm. seen. Um, it's you know it's a real to have like funny bones and to have that comic timing. I think is hugely. Oh, you need such talent for that. And there's so many people who are really good at it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you can differentiate really. Mm-hmm. It's all acting. It's all acting. Yes. yes. It's all pretend. Yeah. You're famous for your modesty. You're one of the, <laughs> you're like one of the greatest modest people is, um, to quote, to misquote Churchill or something. We're an awful lot to be modest about. Um, you, but you're a powerful figure in entertainment, but you chose not to be kind of a, a huge celebrity figure. Is that fair to say? You could, you could have if you wanted to. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I, uh, I don't know. I really, you, what do you mean like going to a, well, red it, carpet events. And yeah, is it, yeah, the red carpet. Are you comfortable in the red carpet now? Uh, the thing is, right, I really don't like wearing high heels. <laughs> okay. And um, especially as I've got older. So I think that's probably, I think you need to be able to wear high heels to go down a red carpet. <laughs> so that's been a bit of a drawback. Is it true that you, one of the first BAFTA parties you went to, that you let, you drove home afterwards and kind of oh, yeah. avoided the after party with the stars? No, I did go to Other the after stars. party. That was lovely. Lovely that was because it was me and James were just and I always remember James's parents came like to say congratulations to him afterwards and it was so lovely and oh it was like a real um, pinnacle of a process that we just had no idea that the the show was going to be so successful and then to to get for the show to get a BAFTA was just fabulous and uh, and and yeah I think I probably found it. It not, I suppose, a little bit overwhelming, and I just thought, oh, I just want to go home now. So yeah, it was nice to to get in the car <laughs> and just drive down the M4 back to Wales. <laughs> I think that's, that shows huge security of character and very happy in your own skin. Um, I don't know, maybe, or maybe I was just really lazy and wanted <laughs> to go to bed. <laughs> because James Court obviously very comfortable in that universe of the big big stars. Um. I'm not well. I I guess I mean a lot of people are. A lot of people are are, are comfortable with it. It's um, and why not? You know, um, I, I, horses for courses and all that. Everybody's different. And your life in Wales very family oriented. Uh, there's you, your husband, the grown up kids in your life, your brothers, sisters, all nearby. Your well, mom. I have have three grandchildren now who are absolutely the light of my life. So. Um, Oh, I mean, who knew? I remember, I remember when my dad, remember my dad saying about friends of his when they became grandparents, he said, oh, and they, my parents weren't grandparents at that point. He said, oh, 
they all they do is talk about their grandchildren and and I said oh god you know that must be so boring and I am that person <laughs> I literally I have an, an an understanding with my friend Nicola she has a grandson the same age as my eldest granddaughter and we have permission to send each other um, videos and photos all the time because we know that everybody else would be really bored of seeing them. So, and that's yeah. like the, the, the WhatsApp group becomes the family social media. Exactly. It publicly. Yeah. It is yeah. the nice place, isn't it? I think yeah. That's where a lot yes. of people have migrated when they discover that wasn't yes. what it was cracked up to be. Yeah. Uh, a teetotal, I gather as well, I was reading around 2019, did you? Uh, yeah, I well, I have I've, I have phases of, I, I in my 40s I didn't drink and then I did and then I just got really bored of like having a hangover and oh, yeah. and I think also you know re- being realistic I've got more time behind me than ahead of me so I think I've got to put um <laughs> got to invest <laughs> where I can so um yeah so I stopped um drinking um uh, from, on my birth after my birthday last year and oh, I just find it so much easier and I've got to say the thought of doing eight shows a week and getting drunk <laughs> I just don't think I could do it. Well, I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't have the energy. So, uh, and nowadays as well, you can get lovely um, alcohol-free drinks, like, you know, the old Heineken Zero and all Mm. that. So I never feel like I'm missing out. Nobody notices, do they? Nobody notices. And also after a couple of, you know, drinks, people are off enjoying themselves anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Mother Superior couldn't really be getting... um, Blotto drunk. No, although I think probably she does. I think secretly she probably is a secret <laughs> drinker. Oh, because she's a tunic, of course. She's got a belt. Yes. With it's bottles. all under there. Yeah. A little bottle of body. All the secrets. Um, people are wondering uh, kutch, the Welsh word, yes. what that means. A... a kutch is like a cuddle. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, it's all kutchy. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know it's quite where it comes, word. where it originates from in the Welsh language, but that's what it me- what it means. Yeah, and I do mention a kutch in. That's what you've slipped yes. in. Yes. Um, someone says, so great to hear the lovely Ruth Jones. Fond memories of watching Stella following the birth Aww. of my first child. Never failed to bring a smile to my face, even amidst the worst days and nights of sleep uh, deprivation. Meal of Wicus, says Ruth, which is a thousand. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and people are looking for more Welsh words. Oh, are they? Okay. It's like we're just discovering uh, well. I was, it's true, the two L's together make a cluck sound. It's like a clan sh- dudden. Cl- yeah, so like, you know, the long name place is Llanfair Pushgwingell Go Gerill Windrobo Llantasilio Go Go Goch. Which I think means something about a church near a pool with red water in it or something. Whatever it is, it's the opposite to a slow set or a smooch. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like the antidote maybe to that. There are some lovely Welsh words, I have to say. Um, one of my favourites is the word for spinach, which is spigogles. Spigogles. So there we are. Your listeners have word for the day, Welsh word for the day, spigogles. None of us can ever say spigogles. Spigogles? I would have thought Spigog- of it. Oh, well done. Very good. Very good. Um, I have to ask you about the thing. I, was, I wasn't I was really planning to do to bore you with the Gavin Stacey. Is it coming back oh, again? Do you know what? And then the thing happened and it's everywhere. I know. You've seen this. I, I just find it so hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's great, isn't it? What is it? What's reoccurring? I was looking at... Um, <laughs> this is the Irish sun today. Uh, I was looking at something. I think you mentioned it. Apparently there's a bidding war yes, going bidding on. Yes, there's a bidding war. Netflix and BBC. The BBC and Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love it because it says, a source says. Um, you know, who is this source? <laughs> 
where does this stuff come from? Um, James and I went for lunch when he came back from America. We went for lunch in London uh, a few months ago. And we got papped. And then the next thing is, oh, my God, they must be writing more Gavin and Stacey, which is lovely. It's lovely that <laughs> yeah. people love it and they're so desperate for it. You know, Really because, desperate. Yeah, because, like, imagine if it was the opposite and they were like, oh, God, they're not bringing that back. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's sadly a rumour. Um, okay. I don't know what I, I don't know what to say. Uh, I th- all I can say is, if there was something to say on that front, James and I would happily announce it. You know, we would. Mm. But some random journalist who's decided to uh, write this story, I, I'm lost for words. As Mother Superior says in Sister Act, there are no words. <laughs> I mean, she says that about the choir because they sing so badly. But it's quite detailed, they're saying you're literally writing I know, I know. And all know. the cast have been notified. Yeah, but then, okay, so... Ring up some of their agents and say, have you actually been approached with an That's offer for your idea. client? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Ask <laughs> yeah. the agents. It's uh, it, it's hilarious. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just have to smile uh, and just go, okay, this is the world in which we live. You have one little story that somebody writes about a rumour and then mm. the next thing it explodes, which, you know, let's be positive about it. It's great that people love the show so much. You're That's delighted that people are dying for it to come back. Yeah. But it wasn't one story. I think it was Deadline broke the story and then it's gone everywhere. Exactly. It just goes everywhere. Which is, a, you know, that's the world war. in which we live now. I mean, the bidding war. Where's this coming from? You are very much dissing that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's very clear that that is not happening at all. But not quite ruling it out because you don't want to. We James and I talk about Gavin and Stacey a lot because, of course, we do. It's a huge part of our lives, right? Yeah. We love those characters. We often say, oh, imagine if Bryn was doing this and Nessa came in and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I I sent James a photo the other day. I wonder if I can find it on my phone. This friend sent it to me and I just thought this is absolutely brilliant. It was basically... um, um, and I'm sorry your your listeners can't see it, but it's basically, it's about, I'd say, 15 women... All dressed as Nessa. Oh, go away. Yeah, have a look. That's can great. See, can, can yes, you see I can it? indeed. Oh, yes. All in the leather waistcoats. I mean, wings they, and everything. It's very detailed. They the put tights. so much effort into that, right? And they just had a girls' night out <laughs> dressed as Nessa. That is incredible. There are people who have careers being Nessa lookalikes. There's a, well, there's a woman called Knockoff Nessa who <laughs> makes it uh, makes a living out of, really? out of, out of be, pretending to be Nessa. Shows up so, to birthday parties and disses people with a, yeah, with a look. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it gives a lot of people a lot of joy. I, you know, I uh, people um, say that the show got them through bad times in their life, like, you know, grieving or divorce or illness. What a, what a compliment that is. It's it really gorgeous. Is. Yeah. yeah. And I love the fact that you love it. Yeah. Because some people, if they're kind of have a huge thing, they're slightly reluctant to go, I don't want to talk about that ever again. Yes. It, it's, um, I, I love to talk. I'm just, I am complimented and so is James, really. are We, ha- we are completely grateful for what it's done for us in our lives because it, it has done a huge amount. So, you know. It's done a lot for other people as well, but we we'll, we don't know if Smithy, what Smithy said <laughs> at the end. I quite like the idea, though, of it just lingering there and us wondering what 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 did she say? A gigantic Are marriage together? proposal. I mean, I think she's still working down the slots, probably coaching the Welsh rugby team. 
uh, because she's very good at that. You could do it as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a five. It would be five years. So, uh, baby, yeah. Neil the baby. It's an extra five years. Did you know, by the way, Neil the baby, the actor, mm-hmm. um, actually was on the Voice, the, the the Voice, the kids' Voice. Oh, really? Yes, Oscar Hartland. I don't Amazing know. If, I don't think he got through to the finals, but he did really, really well. And it was quite astonishing seeing him because just in that short time, you know how boys grow up very quickly, don't they? They have that growth spurt sort of around 12, 13. Oh, yes. So he'd so gone from being this sort of sweet little innocent boy to this kind of rock star. Wow. No, yeah. He's beautifully you cast it. as yeah. uh, particularly Smithy's son because you can get the kind of... Yeah, but I thought he really looked like Nessa and Smithy. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he looked exactly like the kind of... Yeah. Point. yeah. And of course, you gave him all the, the Nessa's, Nessa's language. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Fluent in Nessa. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was it a perfect constellation of story, characters and your cast? Because some, something incredibly magical happened on that show. Yeah, it was it was a real family. Um, and I think, again, because it came from such sort of innocent, naive roots in a way, because James and I didn't know how it was going to be. I mean, we, we wrote that very first episode together and we literally, we said at the end of it, if nothing comes of this show, it has made us laugh so much because Brilliant. it was the scene with Bryn and the rape alarm, which is a bit dark, I know. But um, <laughs> we just laughed so much when we read that and we thought it's brought us a lot of joy. So uh, if maybe if nothing comes of it, at least we've enjoyed ourselves for a few hours. <laughs> and at least we're having a laugh out of the, the scurry, <laughs> the scurry of information that's going on. Yes. We have so many texts coming in on, on lots of things, by the way. I loved Ruth in A Child's Christmas in Wales, uh, which is, of course, another hero of Wales, Dylan Thomas's yes. um, short story, I think, isn't it? Yes, that's right. So uh, it was made into a um, like a modern version, sort of set over three Christmases during the decade of the 80s. Okay. And uh, so I had some lovely shoulder pads and 80s hairstyles that's in a, that. That's a really special story for, for Welsh people, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It it's is. But I mean, Dylan Thomas is, you know, pretty much, you've got quite a lot of poets, haven't you? We do. But yeah. we do, we, got a lot we admire we Dylan have. Thomas as well. <laughs> yeah, but you <laughs> I didn't have, want to say. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have got a lot of poets, haven't you? We do. Yeah, and a lot more than, than we have. And Dylan Thomas would still drink them all under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yes. he's a great quote, but speaking of being teetotal, and he's say an alcoholic... Is someone you don't li- someone you don't like who drinks as much as you do? <laughs> yeah. like that. So I think that's him. It could be, it could be the wrong word. Um, my daughter and I are a little, a little bit obsessed with Gavin and Stacey. You'll have those. Aww. They quote lines from the show at each other. But her favourite has to be when Ness comes out of the changing room, whether the leather basque with Stacey says, "Oh, Ness, you look gorgeous." And she replies, "I know." I knows it. I knows it. Do you know, I think people know the lines better than I do now. Yes, do. <laughs> Ruth Jones, comic timing in her TV shows, amazing. Her acting is second to none. Gavin Stacey is an institution and I adored her in Stella as well, says Orla. I think these Aww. people are going to go and see you in Sister Act. Oh, please do. We're, please we're quite do. quite honest about it. Uh, so good luck in the West End. But in the meantime, Sister Act at the Board Gosh Energy Theatre, 13th to the 24th of February, 2024. It sounds like you're having a great time. Continue to do so. Thank you. And Mila Buikas, Gura Mila Mahavgiv for coming in. Agush for coming in. That's Beautiful as ever. Too beautiful. <laughs> come, and see, come and see the show and come and have a I dance. I will for sure, yes. 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 I, I might even wear a tunic. Please do. And I, I will give things. you absolution afterwards. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'll need it. I'll need it. this one. Ruth Jones, good morning to you. Thank you so much. 
Email oliver at rte.ie. And you're very welcome. 51551 is the text. Now, they are the best, the greatest things to come out of Finglas. Uh, this morning, the beloved rock legends Aslan are setting out on a new path with a brand new lead singer. Good morning, lads. Good morning, Good morning. Oliver. Welcome. Uh, Billy, Alan, Joe of Aslan are in studio with Lee Tompkins. Lee, welcome. Thanks very welcome much, Oliver. For the, the next era of the band's story, is not fair to say. And perhaps with the celestial presence of Christy Dignam echoing along in this celebration of 40 years of your music. But, uh, Billy, we've never heard Aslan with this new singer before. No, it's it's very uh, it's it's very emotional to be here actually this That's morning. It, yeah. You know, coming in and realizing this is our first performance without Christy. But uh, you know, after forty years together, myself, Joe, and Alan made the decision to carry on and to carry on playing the Aslan music. We need a singer, so hence Lee came on board. Lee's from Finglas, which was kind of, he gets our sense of humour. That's important. It's very important. This was not an equal opportunities. <laughs> and uh, he's a big Aslan fan. So look, we're just, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting because number one, I think uh, we're excited. We're musicians and it's a year and a half since we played a gig. So we're looking forward to starting in Cork on the 22nd of March. But every gig that we do, we'll be kind of remembering Christy at the gigs, you yeah. know, because he was, we, we did share a stage 40 years, so we're not just going to erase that memory, you know. Well, look, you have instruments with you and we'll have, yeah. a, we'll have a more comfortable chat yeah. when you get it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, Billy, what's, what's the song? This is a song, it's called Precious. It's from an album, um, Here Comes Lucy Jones. It's never, it was, it was a, a song that Christy never sang live. We never played it live, ever. Oh, right. So this is the first time playing Aslan Precious. And yeah. the first time we'll have heard Lee yeah. Tompkins, no pressure at all. Yeah. Uh, no better time just after nine o'clock on the Monday morning. <laughs> okay, we'll take it away in your own time. Yeah. 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 Three, four. Eighteen and you're old enough Do what you want to do You're eighteen and you're old enough Don't have to listen to you No, you ain't no child no more Now you're out there on your own Said you ain't no child no more that you're feeling all alone and Tell me do you feel That what's going on is real Or what's really going on Is just make-believe and Precious So precious just like a stone thrown into the crowd But there's no one there to catch us No one It's just games in your imagination With some strange situations like die 
That was incredible. Uh, what an amazing singer. Beautiful song. The texts are coming in already. Uh, and we should, that was actually fully live here in studio. Well, thank you to Cara on Sound Engineering there because it's an amazing yeah. job. Yeah, it's well like, done. Not well the done. easiest thing in the world. Like this, it is, the studio is pretty small and there's four of us in here with the instruments. It's, it's a, a spoken word right, studio, yeah. so it's really that good. Great. So right. you can relax that's, there for a moment. That's the first performance done, yeah. Oliver, which is, a, it's kind of, it's a relief for us yeah. as well. You Do you know, know what's amazing is uh, it sounds like so such an Aslan sound and yet it's it's new there's something different as well yeah. well you're the difference Lee aren't you Howdy. it's great yeah it's well it's exciting you know everything is exciting about it so the first performance is good to get it over with because you know it's it's tough to step into them shoes you know as, oh, yeah. as people have been saying and um, yeah just to to get to sing the songs is amazing. It's exciting, you know. It's a younger voice because you're you're a younger soul. I'm slightly younger. <laughs> he's no offence, lads. He's but <laughs> Unless he's sleeping in cod liver oil, he's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're a Finglas through and through, and you're a big Aslan fan, Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Jesus from Finglas, you know. It's it's like uh, it's a religion in Finglas, you know, Aslan. It is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, because you grow up and it's bred into you as a young kid, you know, all your your family listen to Aslan, your cousins, your friends, it's it's you go to all the gigs, so it's great, you know. Um are you obviously the worry there is isn't it, that you're stepping into such massive shoes. Yeah, but it's, it's exciting, you, you know, because okay. I know it's you're never going to replicate like Christy Dignam, you know what I mean? He's yeah. such an icon of, of music, especially mm. in, in Dublin, in Ireland. And you're never going to do that. So I have to put my own 
spin on things, my own exactly. flavour into things. And as you can see, I'm a musician, I play the guitar. Yeah. Christy didn't play the guitar or anything like that, so, oh, but yeah. I will be playing. So, so like, there is a new spin on things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was exactly. very important that, that uh, the singer that we found didn't want to become a Christy Dignam Mark II. Yeah. And Lee has his own individual style. He's not going to be, you know, doing the hand movements that Christy used to do or anything like that. It's about being himself, really, you know. Mm. And then, uh, 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 it's obviously going to be this different. This is Joe. Joe, do you want to come into yeah. the mic there, Joe? So it's obviously going to be different, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, it won't be the same. Well, I mean, that, that's true because it's, it's not meant to be the same. You know what I mean? You have to, you, do, you, you, you approach things differently. Yeah. You rearrange songs you know the whole approach is it's, it's just a new journey basically it's, it's as simple as that yeah there's yeah. a great history someone actually uh, uh, comes to you Joe someone says great to hear Aslan good luck to you lads ask Joe does he remember working with the fireflies from Cavan great I did, times I did yeah <laughs> produced one in our record that was a long time ago yeah. it was about seven or eight I think I <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you produced produced their great single didn't band, you yeah. their debut yeah. single yeah, yeah. great band they were, for them, yeah. Yeah. Lee, Lee was in pay school that's yeah. it <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. just one word wow comes in here uh, but you're not looking for approval are you Lee? No, no. I, just, I just want to put my own flavour on things you know and that's what we've been doing uh, as, as we said you can't you're never going to replicate like Christy you know so mm. if I can put my own stamp on things and people appreciate it I'm happy yeah, you know it's huge. I mean Crazy World is such a huge song 30 years old was it last year Yeah. are you thinking of that one and the, <laughs> the day you're going to be live first show 22nd of March I think Cork so. we start in Cypress Avenue in Cork then we go to we'll Wex- do the plugs in a second we go to <laughs> I'm getting to the <laughs> we go to we go to <laughs> we're loads of time for that but I'm just thinking to, I have to get me gigs in <laughs> I do it I do it but Lee I just want to stick because that is the song everyone's going to be probably looking out for aren't they well, the magic about Crazy World is that everybody knows it. So that's half of my job done already because people sing along. You know what I mean? They're only going to listen to me in the verses probably. And then the choruses, the crowd always takes over. So it's it's half the job is done there. Yeah, I love the confidence that's coming out of you. It's, it's really, that's, that's great. You obviously slipped into, because the rehearsals, how long have you been rehearsing together? We, what, what yeah. happened was the three of us got together and we, we were just playing the songs and it was like, it was like therapy for us, you know, after Christy passed and we went up and we just went... Do you know what? Let's let's. We didn't advertise for a singer, Oliver. Yeah. Um, there was no like you know adding the hot press or word. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, Lee approached Alan's brother Gary Downey and said, "Look, I heard the lads are back up playing the songs. Have they a singer? Are they auditioning for a singer?" Gary rang Alan and said, "Look, there's a guy from Finglas. He's a great singer. Um, he wants to know can he come up?" And that that was the way it happened. Lee came in, and it was just. We didn't let him out then. We just grabbed him and, and just and he was there for every rehearsal then onwards. Yeah. Like, so I think at that time we this were, is Alan. Come we on were just we were just glad to have someone to come in and sing the songs because what happened Oliver was we were going up, we just wanted to play our music. That's what we wanted to do. We you can imagine the state we were in when Christy passed. So the great thing about Lee was Lee came up and says, Look, if you need someone to sing the songs, I'll come up and I'll jam witches or whatever and we just good. we just started to get Amazing. on with each other and we liked what Lee was bringing to the band and it just progressed from there. Did it feel like therapy to you, Alan? Playing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, we were lost. Because you were the throes of grief. We were yeah. lost. Like, Jesus, Christy. I was only a child when I met Christy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, um, well, I'm an elfly now. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it was 42 years of my life and, like, he was gone. Yeah. And uh, we didn't know. We were going around like headless chickens. And... 
when we got to the studio after so many months or whatever, mm. and we started to be seeing each other and we were kind of chatting, and then we says, right, come on, let's set up the gear and let's get going here. There was just this relief. I don't know what it was. It was like, can we do this? Can we play again? Can we touch these songs, you know? And yeah. and it was complete yes. therapy, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So there must have been some uh, little bits of doubts there, were there? No, we no, didn't, no, because... No, no uh, one, one thing that did it for me was, and I said to the lads, I said, look, if I, if I died, or Joe died, or Alan died, there is no way that Christy Dignan would let Aslan finish. Mm-hmm. He would get replacement for me, and Aslan would be out gigging. If Joe passed, Christy would do the same thing. So... I know, I know we're replacing, we're not replacing because you can never, I don't like using that word, you can never replace Christy. Yeah. This is a new journey we're on, Oliver, and, uh, you know, I mean, the gigs, the two Dublin gigs are already sold out, which is fantastic, yeah. you know. It shows uh, the appetite that's there. It, it's, which which yeah. was, again, that was nerve-wracking for us because, you know, if you don't put bums on seats, well then, what's going to happen then, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all about, so the reaction to the live gigs is fantastic, and as I said, we're going all around the country, uh, we start, we, we do Wexford, Waterford, Cork, Dolan's and Limerick. We do Monroe's and Galway. The Haven Hotel is the Waterford one and the Crown in, in Wexford. And then the two double ones of Wheelands, which are already... No He's a machine, isn't he? There he is a machine. You see, that was, that was worth getting up for at seven o'clock this morning. I was always going to let you do it, don't worry. But what I'm interested in the poster, I think, is really cool because it's Aslan plus Lee Tompkins. Yes. So you're, you're not replacing Yes, no. absolutely. An additional, yeah. an additional yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, well, Lee, you better tell us what you've been up to before you've joined this, this Aslan tour. I've been playing for, geez, since I'm 10 like so basically I was first on stage at 15 and haven't left it since that's that's probably why I come across a bit confident is because I've been doing it for a long long time you know so Great. I sort of know what I can and can't do and where, where have you played or what was your your I've play, go-to I've played everywhere well I was in a band I was the, the lead guitarist in a band called uh, DC Tempest years ago mm-hmm. and we played in Punchestown with uh, Bon Jovi and Kid Rock and bands like that and oh, um uh, I was in Bobby Kimball's band from Toto. He was the singer. I was in his band for a while when we toured Ireland. And yeah, just been playing gigs. So you're a music- musician used to be in the sort of session guitarist in a way, and now you're Sometimes, out front. Yeah, I do. I do a bit of yeah, that as well. He's yeah. just like us, a hard-working musician. From All fingers. his life, from fingers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. As I said, no equal yeah. opportunities at all. <laughs> and a young for the youthful energy. Well, he brings that. Yeah, he's like he's only thirty-seven. So as I said, he's half our age. So he's we're looking at him, and he's going, "Yeah, let's you know, I can I can gig five and six nights a week." And we're going, "Whoa, steady on there, but where are you going with six nights in a row?" Hang on a minute. But no, it's it's um it's it's look, we just can't wait to get out and gig. We've done. Thanks very much for having us on the show, Oliver. This was our first time, the first Mm -hmm. time people have heard Lee, and our first time performing with Lee. So. The next stage now is to do the gigs and then like we've been working on getting the set together for the gigs. That's done now. So the next part is the exciting part where we move on to new material. And that's oh, right. where and that's and Lee is a songwriter in his own right and Joe wrote all the song most of the songs for Aslan anyway, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's 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 exciting what's gonna come after that. You know, after that period, and that's that's what Aslan has always been about. It's it's it was never about being static. It was always about moving on. What can we create next? And we can't wait to do it now, Lee. 
Yeah, no, just uh, hopefully we'll um, yeah. be able to. And as as Joe said in 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 an interview uh, there last week, he just said, you know, they were saying, you know, would you not do a tribute gig for Christy? And uh, Joe said, every gig that Aslan do will be a tribute to yeah. Christy. And it will. That's it music, will be. Yeah. It will be. Like because people will remember them and they'll remember the songs. The alternative is that we would have split up and those songs would have never been performed live again. And that's a shame because they're cracking songs. Uh, the, the, the appetite's there and I'm going to come to some texts in a minute. But Joe, tell us about the set that you're going to do on this tour. The set? Yeah. Um, Can you I, talk about We're doing sort of some of the standards, you know. But we, we're going to leave out... Um, a couple of songs that Christy had put his own stamp on, you know. I see what you mean. Maybe yeah. a couple of the covers, maybe. And, I mean, it's still kind of a work in progress, you know. And But we're bringing in uh, uh, songs that we didn't do live with Christy for whatever reason, you know. The, the back catalogue is huge, so you have to try and, mm. you know, keep the, the, the audiences happy, you know, with songs that they know. So, you know, so it's just yeah. a case of shifting it around. When really. it comes to new material, then, what, what motivates you to, to write the new music? It's, what's moving you? It's what we do. It's what we do. We're a band. It doesn't stop. We're a band. Continuously write books and lyrics at home. You know, I suppose what I mean is what will you be writing about? Oh, God. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can do. There's no, you, you You're know, a proper be, writer, aren't yeah. you, going? Anything, the set will be standard <laughs> well, and I'm writing no, about we, everything. We, we, we've, always, we've always written about... It's, it's like... Uh, like when Joe, if Joe writes something, yeah, he has to believe in it. Do you know what I mean? Right. It can't be like boy meets girl, but they fall in love, yeah, they no, kiss and yeah, that, that. It has to be real. Do you know what I mean? It has yeah. to be, uh, and that went like Christy wouldn't sing anything that he didn't believe in, so Joe wouldn't write anything. Joe knew what to write for Christy to make sense of. Do you know what I mean? Because Christy says, "Ah, Joe, I can't sing that. Are you kidding me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And Joe would come up with a different line to, <coughs> to do or, that. Or Christy you know? would come up with different lines. Or Christy line. would come up. Or, or Alan would come up. Like or people, everyone, the, the way Aslan wrote is, we just write with an acoustic guitar and the five of us in the room. And that's always been the way it's been. Because every Aslan song you can play on an acoustic guitar. That's the way, because they were written on an acoustic yeah, yeah, very good. 51551, by the way, is the text. Someone says, I just tuned, uh, turned on the radio at the tail end of the song, knew immediately it was Aslan. They sound fantastic. Can't wait to see them live. That's from Fiona in Sligo. And by the way, it's called Precious. I'm not sure I back reference yeah. it there. The end was the name of the song. Um, you sound great. Lee is a great substitute for Christy. Again, not exactly what you're talking about, but we, we take the sentiment there. He actually sounds a bit like Brendan Keeley. Bring it on, Lee. Delighted. Oh, I and Brendan Keeley as well. Yeah. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Joe's worked with everyone, yeah. Nice yeah. Ray, Ray Wilson from Stillskin lasted four years with Genesis after taking over from Phil Collins. It's a tough gig, lads. Good luck, Lee. So yeah. that's kind of oh, like yeah. a backhanded compliments coming in there. Uh, there's a, that, that's our Texas. Good luck. Uh, best of luck to Joe, Alan and Billy. Tell Lee, congratulations. You have a great voice, so stand proud. Lee will be there. Will be your counsellor, is what Sarah Jane is saying. That's a nice way of putting yeah, it. Actually, that's lovely. Isn't yeah, it? that's lovely, Sarah Jane. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. The front, the front man is. How, how's the reaction in Finglas itself, by the way? To the fact you're uh, uh, ask me when we go back there because <laughs> because nobody has heard know. Lee. Do you know what I mean? This is the first time they've they've heard Lee, so we I'm dying to see social media and yeah. and just get the feel of how the song went down. It's and the first time, well, it's going well here. Looking at us, I met Lee when he was in DC. Tempest, he's a fantastic voice. Also a lover of Aslan here. The best of luck. That's from Irene in Finglas. Oh, there so, we go. Yeah. I've been to Finglas and the outpouring has been amazing for me. I want to thank everyone actually because they've all been very supportive and That's everyone lovely. I know. I've been getting some great texts and emails and everything, so it's been it's been great. 
what is the kind of thing about Fingless? Like, as a culture in Dublin, I was lived on the north side most of the time I came it's here. It's working class, the real people. It's Fingless Ballymun. It They have that. They uh, look out for each other. Yeah, they have. They, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's a community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and a distinct identity as well, isn't yeah. there, within Dublin? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They're just salt of the earth people. And if, if you need a hand, your neighbours in Finglas will always look after you. That's the way it is. Or They're working class. television, not a fridge. He's only joking. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, don't ruin it now. Finglas doesn't get. Sometimes it gets bad press. Yeah. And I think what happens in when you have like people like Brendan O'Carroll and Christian, someone does well out of Finglas, obviously everyone's going to get behind them yeah. to push the name up there, you know, because as I said, we get enough bad press. So <laughs> it's nice what, to fly the flag. But you know what's lovely Finglas. is that you, it, that, uh, it's kind of proudly Finglas. It is. People are, you know, people we, are very proud. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we, the, don't, we don't shy away from it at all. You know, we, we, we fly the flag. That's what we do. Has yeah, it changed? The, the outpouring for Christie at his funeral from Finglas. Yeah. My oh, God, that was like that was unreal. And that well was, deserved. And yeah, absolutely. Like they were, it was lashing rain the morning of the funeral, mm. and they came out in their droves. They were playing Aslan music outside their houses. They had the banners, posters. It was like, like they really. Finglas really done and proud. They really yeah. did. Like yeah. a first citizen of the place. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that that's quite. That was last June. Uh, but it's yeah. been a while since you guys performed live, I, oh, I it take is. it. Is it's it? a year and a half. Our last gig is was it? the 5th of August 2022 in Ballykeef Amphitheatre in Kilkenny. And little did we know that, that was when we walked off stage and said good luck to Christy. Little did we know that we'd never step on back on stage again. It was, it was just, mm. you never know, Oliver, you know. You never know what's going to happen in the music industry. And so it's... With us being 40 years together, we've kind of gone through everything from plane crashes to fucking breaking up. To, we've done everything a band can do, you know. So, yeah. But that there was still a shock there, you know, when we walked off. And then, you know, Christy got sick then. And, you know, the rest is history, you know. Did you ever talk? Because he obviously was sick. I think his first diagnosis was back 2013 he, or so, he, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, he got 10, 10 or 11 years out of it from his first diagnosis. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Mm. Did you talk together as a band about what might happen afterwards? Well, Joe used to travel with him. Yeah, Joe all the looked time. after yeah, him uh, yeah, all the yeah. time. We, ne- we never actually had a discussion about, look, you know, when I'm gone, what are you going to do? Or mm-hmm. to, it, was, it was just maybe just too close to the bone. You don't you know? want to be I, in the nine, well, I might be, years, like, I'd, I'd go down and pick him up, you know, and bring him to the gigs because he hated driving, you know, so, and drop him home, you know, and, and especially more so when he got sick at that time, you know, but we never, it was something that we, we talked about everything else, you know, but that subject never came up, no. you know. I just think it was too close, you know, for, for both of us, you know. Maybe, yeah. So. I suppose you don't talk about your, to your best friend, or to your mum or your dad, about when you die, do you know what I mean? Like, we don't. You, you just, you don't. You know, it was too close. As Joe says, we're just too close. Less so fellas even as well. though, Even though we knew that, you know, this was inevitable, this was going to happen someday, but we didn't want to know about it. We just wanted to deal with it on the day, and and that's exactly what we did. Mm. Well, look, it's it's an, it's an exciting thing for you. I wish you the very yeah. best, uh, Billy. Do you want to give us another roll call of those dates? There, you're <laughs> okay, dying. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. The first gig is in Cork, <laughs> in Cypress very... Avenue, on the twenty second of March, and all dates are up on Aslan on our f- Facebook. You get them all. There. That's the yeah. best place to go. Aslan and Lee Tompkins. Brilliant. Just amazing. So this text. Fair play, Lee. Great to hear Aslan again. That's from Craig in Finglas. 
So the reaction is very, very strong, and we wish you the best of luck. That's good. Cool. Thanks, Thanks, Oliver. Thanks, Thanks, Oliver. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks, Oliver. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. Sloan. 0818-715-925. Oliver Callan on RTE Radio 1. And you're all very welcome back. Uh, now, uh, welcome to actor, we could say actor, stage actor, Norma Sheen, who's a visiting critic this morning. This is our slot where we get an unprofessional review of something that might be outside the guest's comfort zones. We'll come to that in a moment. Good morning, Norma. How are you doing? Good morning, Oliver. How are you? Uh, very well. You're starring in Sive at the moment at the Gaiety Theatre. I am um, Now, we, we've worked together, so I know how bad you are taking compliments. <laughs> but uh, your performance at Sive is... Amazing. It's phenomenal. It is fairly good. And uh, the, the, the ding-dongs with Fanulo Flanagan. Yeah. They're, they're incredible. Sure, she's, she's just a star. Like she's, she's in Hunger Games and everything and she's been in the others. So I'm just watching and learning. But my part is a beast in it. Like it is great part. I've played Mina, she's called Mean Mina. So I get to box the head off Fanula and slice the head off someone else. And <laughs> I'm just a vicious... Well, what do you think? She's horrid, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She's horrible, but there's a there, there's a reason for it. Ah, yeah, she's not completely yeah. one-dimensional. She's, just she's a, uh, but one like of the, the women audiences are absolutely loving it. I like don't tell anyone, but I've never seen Sive. Um, <laughs> so I was loving doing it, and all the Keens came up from Listowel. 150 wow. of them came up on a bus to on opening night, and my dad was there, and everything from Cork was brilliant. And it's it's I don't know, like it was full out full last night. Um, I mean, maybe there might be a few seats left of a Tuesday or whatever, but like, get your seats. It's gone on for another few weeks. That's great. That's a really, I really enjoyed the show and I didn't expect, because people told, kept telling me, oh, it's miserable, it's going to be really sad. Yeah. There's so much comedy though. It's yeah, really, but it's you wouldn't put, you wouldn't put me in something unless you want someone to laugh because no one takes me very seriously when it comes to the... <laughs> no, we do, we do. If you're, uh, and you and, and I, sure, we were in the gaiety together doing we, the matchmaker. We've threaded the boards. We have. Yeah, so this could get very lovely, like... And the matchmaker is uh, coming back as well. It's Well, not not to the gaiety. No, it's coming to the lime tree soon and... In Limerick, but um, you mentioned Cork there. It, it, this is a complete coincidence, but do you know? Stop the lights. Can I say it? <laughs> yeah, so Jean, right? Jean in your bunker. Just had on. Jean, you don't be closing it up, girl. We could have parties in the bunker. So Jean's daughter, Sheena, is one of my besties. We go swimming. Now, we were total tossers. We go swimming in the 40 foot, right? <laughs> so Sheena, the daughter. In who, Dublin. No, so my age is a giveaway now as well. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 47 and available. And... Uh, <laughs> So um, 40 foot anyway for all the over 40s and our dry robe. Well, we can't say the W word. Dry robe. People. Dry robe people. Uh, um. So, you know, that's uh, we didn't know this. Didn't know a, that. It's like a setup of so, something. Yeah, so, uh, Jean is a dote. I used to meet her on the summer holidays and she and I met down Fountainstone as a child. She's, we must get Sheena in someday. Now. Is, she didn't go, is she going okay with the, the mammy announcing her age? Oh, no, her mother. Her mother would, would shame her every day. It's grand. <laughs> Okay, good. Okay, this is not going the place. Anyway, we you are our visiting critic, so welcome, uh, Norma. Critic's Sheen. an awful word, isn't it? It is. That's why I like it. Uh, it's so we we want want you to get outside of your comfort zone, and I gather you don't like sports films very much. Oh, I like sports if someone's put in an effort. Movies. Sports yeah, but, movies. But oh, the, someone's put an effort. Yeah, the so, one you've given me is Maria well, Sports. Yeah, this is a, a critically acclaimed movie. It's The Iron Claw, starring Zac Efron. There's a very heavyweight cast here as well in it. You've got your man from The Bear, Jeremy Allen White, Harris Dickinson. Do you see The Triangle yeah, of they're Sadness? All, they're all Very serious actors. And Zac Efron is kind of trying to be the serious actor. Yeah. Um, here are the reviews. The Guardian gave it a rave review. Bulked up Zac Efron is an amazing sight in tragic wrestling drama. Um, the Irish Independent, Efron grips the audience in soulful ring drama the Irish Times says wild true story makes for a darkly tragic completely gripping old school TV movie and uh, it goes on and on people love this film what did you make of it? 
I wouldn't even give it a one star. I'm very sorry. I can't be responsible My for God. anyone out there taking two hours out of their lives to see this. To start with the wigs, awful. The wigs were just terrible. <laughs> Couldn't look them. So it's a, what is it's the story of a professional wrestling family. Do you know the story? Yeah, the Von Erichs, right? So it's a yeah. professional wrestling family. The um, True story. It's, it's a dad and his all his, his sons. I mean, I think there was six of them, but sure. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's miserable. That's like, yeah. It's, it's it's well known in the reviews that there's a tragedy somewhere along. Are we the way. allowed to give away anything about like? No, you don't have to. The misery sure. every four minutes. <laughs> the misery sounds like the wigs. Is that? Oh, well, it's because the, you're in the business. Yeah. Well, I mean, the business is if Zac Efron gets an award for this, this is this is bad because he's playing. Uh, I think it's nearly a forty year old virgin, right? No <laughs> one out there. A six foot two. He's about the height of myself, right? He's playing a six foot two. 40-year-old virgin, right? Odd casting, all right. Oh, come on. There's no way you look at him and you go, someone hasn't got the leg over. Do you know what I mean? Like, he just doesn't pull it off at all. Um, yes, he's bulked up. Yeah. And then the rest of it is them throwing themselves off ropes. There's a lot of talk about what he did to get into the role. I suppose he's thinking he's De Niro and Raging Bull or something because yeah. he, he's, he's like, describe what he looks like. Well, he, he's got budgie smugglers on from start to finish. Um <laughs> And Two hours, even that, that didn't attract a lot of people. All of them had budgie smugglers on, and even that because they're so bulked up that if you're too bulked up, the budgie isn't impressive. <laughs> Sorry, the budgie is in the bunker. The budgie's in the bunker. That's what we could put in Jean's bunker. Because his muscle, like the, the muscles, are protruding so much through his. Like it's like they're kind of. Um, yeah. He's like a bodybuilder who trained in Sellafield or something. Totally, it's probably it's probably not even realistic back to the time. But the father is amazing in it. It's. Watch this film if you want to learn how to not parent because the dad is bad. He's as bad as my Mina character in Sive. He he compares the kids. He contrasts them. He puts one above the other. He controls them. So it's kind of believable that poor Zach is still uh, a a version of 40, whatever, because he won't let them out the house. So it's it's. It's horrid, but also because it's a true story, unfortunately, it has to follow a linear story. Oh, yeah. So that is the problem with true stories sometimes. I think they need to throw in a little bit of spice and mix it around a bit because you're just... Do you know the way in um, The Banshees, I don't want to give away other th- something, but Brendan lost a part of his body in The Banshees. Mm-hmm. Brendan Leeson, yeah. Yes, and after the second one went, you knew the rest of them were going to go. This film is a bit like that. You just ah, know right. it's miserable, it's more miserable <laughs> and it's more miserable. It's like the decades of the rosary. But at least there's some jokes in the Banshees of Vinishirin. That's true. Yeah, I don't think Vinishirin. there's any jokes in this one. No, sorry. So uh, so you're sitting, you went to see this in the cinema. Yeah. And uh, you're sitting there, did you... I stayed awake. <laughs> okay. But it was, you know, it was just very bad for you. I didn't walk out and I... Did you I, think about it? Did I think about it after? Le- walking out? I was angry, yeah. I mean, I was angry at you. Only, only that were cousins. I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't cousins, be talking. Third, third cousins, third cousins. Yeah. Sorry, we. Just my core connections. I better clarify there. When we were rehearsing the matchmaker and we were doing the love scenes, my auntie texted me going, "You know, he's your third cousin." <laughs> Your grand anyway. Sorry, that's too much for the air, is it? No, that's absolutely fine. You've done that to me already before. Um, did you think about walking? You, you think about walking out? I did. I did. Why didn't you just? Do that. That would be um, a review of itself in and of itself. No, because I, I I'm feeling bad now. You see, I'm feeling guilty. I'll feel guilty. Oh no, sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'll get over it because the next thing I'm going to review will help me get over the uh, bad yes. review. Ah yes. Okay. This. So you, you, you hated that. That's the Iron Claw, which is in the cinemas at the moment. And as I say, everyone's giving it. The professional critics love it. Not so. Says. Um, and they're loving that he was able to put on weight. Is it? 
Well, they're kind of saying his performance was amazing and it was, you know, he should have been nominated for things. He hasn't been nominated for anything, by the way. So. But why is he playing a six foot two, 40 year old virgin? It sounds like, very much like the time Tom Cruise was cast as Jack Reacher, who's a, a giant. But okay. they've fixed that now in the last right, years. Okay. Uh, so tell us about some of you, you. This is a book you've been reading. Oh, you have it with you. Okay. Uh, so it's got an F word, F star star K. We'll just say feck. But oh, it's not what the author means. Are we allowed they to mean say feck it? We'll say feck it. I was going to say yeah. bucket. Yeah, but people will know. Yeah, well, people will know what we're saying. Feck so feck it. Feck Tell it. us, uh, what, what's the name of that? This book is called Feck It, The Ultimate Spiritual Way by John Parkin. <laughs> is it, so it's a self-helpy thing, is it? Well. Very popular this time of the year. Um, it, it's self-helpy. I mean, there's too many of them out there. Yeah. This throws all the self-helps in the bin. Okay. And they I'm, all say that though, don't they? Um, I think this does it. All right. Are I you into into self help books? I do. I struggle. Like, yeah, I, I'd be. I, I, I'm a bit bats. All right. Um, no. Well, <laughs> they're no good though. I went on holidays once and I read The Power Now. Right. Yeah. Went on my own because I think anyone who goes on holidays and reads books, they'd be just so boring. Imagine. Oh, I read three ho- three books on my holidays. Oh, you bore. So I went on my own and I read The Power Now. Awful. Couldn't understand it. Whereas this is a dummy's guide. To meditation, it's I a dummy's guide. Meditation, right. It's a dummy's guide to going home to the world. Mm. So it's like Feckett. Feckett, the ultimate spiritual way by John C. Parkin. Um, what, what happens? Is, is there a story to what it, happens? or is it just? Is it like? What it, well, some of these books feel like school textbooks, don't they? No, no. This is brilliant. You see, this is good for someone like me who's a little bit ADHD who won't remember like the first page when they get to the twentieth mm. page. You can open. I presume any that's chapter. your own diagnosis, is it? Yes. No. I'm. I know. Sorry. If <laughs> anyone is. No. I must be ADHD. Like I can't. I um, God it's your own it. unprofessional. Ah, no, and people enough people have told me, but at forty-seven, you're not going to start going testing. Not many of those professional people. Uh, no, they're just just random people in your no, life. No, everyone that meets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's great. It's exciting. <laughs> There's pros to it. So, anyway, yeah, so, so why does it suit you, the, bo- the book, the way it's laid out, is it? Because you could pick up any chapter and read it. Like at the start of the book, he goes, um, open any page and read the chapter. And I did. And it was about saying, feck it to your children. And I needed that on the day. <laughs> I have three teenagers. And then as you're all reading girls, it, are they, all girls, all girls, teenagers, uh, they're <laughs> wonderful. <clears throat> so, um, but there's one chapter and it's about saying feck it to your kids. And it said, now, for God's sake, if you don't have kids, skip the next 12 pages because there's nothing worse than those people out there that bore you to death about their child's confirmation or, you know, or their child is... Blah, blah, blah. So he's very refreshing on that front. You okay. get to skip bits if they're not related to you. Oh, I see. So you can kind of just read yeah, half the book. Yeah, do what you like. Yes. Uh, why did you get this book in the first place? For OK, someone gave it to me because they thought I was a bit of a mess. <laughs> did they? Is a that cast a... member in... I know I'm not a mess, but he's... Well, ca- but did you appreciate it or were you kind of going... Was this, well, like, what are you saying? it had been recommended to me many times over the years. Mm-hmm. So then when someone uh, gave it to me last year, and it only took me a couple of months to get around to opening it, um, John Rice, he's in... Um, Sive with me he's playing Liam Scoob he's amazing oh yes so he yeah, spent yeah. four weeks in rehearsal with me and kind of went I think you need a bit of feck it in your life <laughs> <laughs> and the, the concept is to sort of okay just relax so, okay, so yeah, say yeah, you're annoying sure. me right yeah mm, not today but during the say, iron claw thing during yeah. the, you're annoying you just relax right yeah just let go stop clinging to things accept the idiot or the situation as it is become a kind of an impartial watcher over it like a drone and breathe deeply. So it's just a little process and it goes through because I'm studying yoga at the moment. So we're all into the eight limbs of yoga and meditation. And it's all a bit deep and I struggle with it. Um, bits of it I find great. But uh, um, this is more practical. This is more a summary of all that malarkey. So, okay. 
yeah. And we could do, even do an exercise here now, right? Yeah. So, so I'm you, waiting for when the, so when you, the you breathe, bit comes breathe in. in a sharp feckit, like an energetic one. Let's go. Feckit. Feckit. And now breathe out a long, relaxing feckit to all your cells in your body. Feckit. Go again. Yeah. Feckit. I'm not sure breathe in properly. I'm getting dizzy now. And you have to breathe into your tummy. All right. Your diaphragm. Yeah. It says feckit to diet. Like belting in theatre. Totally. Breathe into your Buddha belly. So feck it to diets, feck it to worries, feck it to plans, feck it to dreams. Just enjoy what's now. It took him how many pages to tell him to take him to get to that point? Uh, it's only 230. Oh, I, I only finished the last page about four minutes ago. <laughs> Did you? Just said when you were listening to Jean. <laughs> this is an international bestseller, we should it say. Is, it is. Well, this is but is there a mantra that you're supposed to do the, the feck it thing? Just say feck it. So in your head, if you can't say it out loud... To anything, just if something's winding you up, it's about letting go of traditions and meanings. Don't beat yourself up that you had that four course meal going to bed last night and you feel like you have a food hangover today. Just have a drink of water and relax. Wait till you're hungry again. You should be grand. Okay. You know, it's just, it, he goes through everything in life, everything. Enjoy your job and it won't be stressful. You know, maybe you need to move. You know, he goes through everything. There's a chapter mm. for everything. Yeah. Is it? But you know those books, you sometimes you read them and you kind of go, right, I'm going to change my life now. And then it's just a book you've read. You've forgotten it after a week and you don't remember. It's hard to forget Feckett if you're in Ireland. Yeah. It's said a lot. So Are you're you reminded saying, of it. Because I know we're, we're, we've changed the word because it's, uh, well, it's just star, star. So it's open to it's our star, interpretation. It could be Feckett or it could be It could, be the, yeah. could be the unbroadcastable yeah. version. Yeah, Feckett yeah. kind of seems to work though, doesn't it? It m- works much better actually. So I'm going to write to the writer and tell him he yeah. needs to change the name of his because workshop. Because we could do it in a, in a train. Yeah. Or maybe we could write Feckett as a competition. <laughs> no, you, you, can, yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I can't help but think though it is like a self-help book and it reminds me of Man's Search for Meaning. You know, the one that everyone reads is, is a Victor Frankl. Yeah. Which said in, well, he's in World War II in, in a concentration camp. And it's yes. just literally about this is the worst thing that can imagine, imaginable yes. happen to anyone. And you, if your circumstances are really bad and you can't change them, you just have to change your attitude to it. Completely. So everyone's just ripped him off for, for decades. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all, Andy, but this fella's very clear that like... But they don't 50, always get... 50% yet, good and 50% bad. Um, yeah. What do, what do you normally do? What are you normally into when you when you when you're allowed to pick your own movies and things like that? Do you sit at home and watch <sighs> streaming services for hours? Someone asked me the other day, "What you're are enacting? What are your kids into?" And I was like, "They're into themselves." Um, <laughs> God Almighty, the mirrors and the selfies and the ten. It's it's real. It is real. It's it's anyway. You do so, know children mimic their parents, but they don't mimic me. State of me, I think they go against it. My mother was very, very styly, as Jean will tell you. And I went to the opposite. Can't dress myself at all. Look like I got ready in the dark. You're, very, you're shimmering today. Uh, yeah, I know. I pulled this out of the bottom drawer. You really do need to. And to the ki- but the kids have gone the other direction. They've, they're great. They know how to turn themselves out. So there's a bit, there's something to that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, th- that doesn't really answer, though, your oh, cultural pick. Do you not watch, do you oh, sit yeah, down, and watch, um, you sit down oh, and watch streaming services hours? I of... saw Andrew Scott's film. Oh, yes. uh, with Paul Meskell. Beautiful film. Went to see that with his mammy um, at a screening. Um, oh, Nora. Andrew and Scott's mammy. Andrew Scott's mammy is sitting to me right. And yeah. uh, Sarah, his sister, is sitting to my left. Sarah Scott, can we give her a shout out? She's rearing my children. She's a hockey coach. She's amazing. She played oh, for really? Ireland. Yeah. So Nora, very well connected. Nora has created these three kids. I mean, okay, we'll give the dad a bit of kudos as well. But there's three kids that are phenomenal. So you have one of them, Andrew Scott. I mean, legend. Born the same day as me, actually. So he's 47. Um, <laughs> the, the next one is Sarah Scott. <laughs> and she's played for Ireland. And she's 
a hockey coach and she's rearing my children. Thank yeah. you very much, Sarah. And then Hannah's very talented uh, sister as well. That's incredible. So you've got the mammy because I've seen Andrew Scott on the chat shows saying, oh yeah, this is the one that it could be difficult for my parents. You know, I don't mind that. To... Oh, that Nora woman, nothing had faced her. Really? Oh, no, she's, she stands at enough matches with Sarah, win, lose, draw. I mean, she's... She's feckered to everything. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, the yeah. ultra, she's the original, totally. the Didn't OG. Didn't because there's a lot of, um, there's graphic stuff in that film. There is, you yeah. You know. Graphic yeah. sexual stuff. I say she was looking at it going, well, I've changed his nappy enough times, get on with it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> One way of describing yeah. it. But that's a beautiful film. That's good. I ran out, and I'd be a little bit cold now. I ran out of that film, went home and hugged everyone I knew. Did you? Except you, I, you weren't there at the time. No, Sorry, but I, it's a movie... I think it's about parenting, really, isn't it? Oh, it is beautiful. Because he, he, he visits his dead parents, now yeah, dead parents. Yeah, it is beautiful. It's the opposite the now to the Iron Claw thing, Yoke. That is, it's, a proper, it's a proper film. And actually, Andrew Scott talked about being robbed at all the awards, nominated for nothing. But that doesn't matter. The awards don't matter. Uh, That's all. Ah, no, no, it's fine. He's fine. He's grand. He's going to be in Ripley uh, next, anyway. He plays uh, Tom Ripley. Loads of texts coming in on Sive, by the way. I went to see Sive on Wednesday. Best I've ever seen, says this texter, because there have been a lot of productions of Sive down through the years. Great that it's still on. Saw Sive last night with my best friend and her mum. We were hooked from the start. It was a fantastic evening and Norma played Mina to a T. All the cast were brilliant. Thank you for a great evening. Thank you. Thank you. Nice things. Lovely people. Um, Oh, there's loads more. Norma was amazing in Sive last Tuesday night. I didn't see many empty seats for a Tuesday. Can't recommend it enough. Um, That's Rona, a non-biased Corkonian. Or yeah. (laughs) I had to text in listening to Norma talking about Sive and the Zac, Afro, Zac Efron movie. It was a super movie oh, with a sorry. huge talent. And sorry. yes, a tragedy, but based on a real story. Totally moving. So strange looking back at the 80s style. It's the wrestling I couldn't. They're all swinging off the ropes and pretending <clears throat> to fall on each other for, for two hours. In bad wigs. And I know I'm an actor as well. So like we're fakey as too, but... God, the old throwing themselves around. It's really stressful. Go on. She didn't like it at all. OMG, Norma's so hilarious and so refreshing. Love her. Exclamation. Going to see her in the Gaty next week. That's G- from a local white church woman. Oh, great. Oh, God, I was going to say, give her my number. She sounds great, crack, but she probably has it already. <laughs> Ex- <laughs> it was a white church that small. White church. Myself and Dennis Conway are in the play and we're both from White Church Village. The whole village will be up. Oh my God, he's, yeah. he's oh, right. Dennis Conway, the, the, the other baddie. Yeah, yeah. Norma's Brill up White Church. They're all now texting. Okay, okay. Just, yeah, just pretend Did you tell people? I didn't tell anyone. Budgie smugglers. So the anti. That's the anti. That's anti Betty, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, we're going to take a break now, aren't we? Yes, Norma, um, thank you very much. Uh, it's thumbs down for Iron Claw, but thumbs up for Sorry, Beckett, do go to see it. A though. spiritual Sorry. guide. What's it called again? I've lost uh, the page. Beckett, The Ultimate Spiritual Way. The Ultimate Spiritual Way by John C. Parkin. Uh, thank you very much, Norma. Enjoy, Sive. It's until the... Uh, Paddy's Day. Well, the day before Paddy's Day. On Patrick's Day. So it goes to the 16th of March. Yeah, so get get your tickets. No, it's good. Yeah. No, it's great. It's great. Yeah. And there wouldn't be many. And there are matinees as well, are they? Loads of matinees. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of get on the gaiety.ie, yeah. somewhere like that. You'll find it. Norma Sheen, thank you very much. Good morning to you. Have a lovely weekend. Oliver Callan on RTE Radio 1. Now, the CSO... Central Statistics Office, basically Ireland's Office of Statistics Fairies. They sit atop a sparkling mountain of information about our lives in a glistening palace. Uh, well, it's a, it's a grey building in Swords in Dublin, but you get the idea. Uh, they give us these glimpses into our, into our Irishness, I suppose, every so often. 
Today is one of those days. The Consumer Price Index, it doesn't sound as sexy as it actually is, but that is the CPI, Consumer Price Index, is being updated today. Now this, what is it for? It's designed to track inflation, inflation rates, and the CSO creates what we call the uh, basket of goods and services that are typical to the Irish households. So they do, the goods and things we buy and pay for, that every uh, average Irish household pays for, um, is indicative and illustrative of of us, basically. And they update this every five years. The last one, though, wasn't done since the 2015-2016 period. But the, uh, because the 2021 update, remember 2021, something happened called COVID something or other, whatever that is, don't remember. But it's a fascinating insight into our, into our usness in the past 50 years, this basket of goods. I think it kind of illustrates how much We've changed uh, more than even our attitudes and our referendums and all that sort of stuff. Uh, So it's going to be updated today. Today for the first time since 2015, 2016. Uh, Before we speculate on what items, goods and services might be in and out of this Irish basket since uh, that eight-year, eight-nine-year period, we look at the past, of course, to the 1970s, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, thank you, Dan. The fancy Dan things of the Holy Irish Sacred 1970s were things like instant cameras arriving into the basket for the first time. Wow, you thought you were a big noise with your Polaroids in the time of Joe Dolan's massive eyebrows and massive inflation and massive petrol strikes. People in the 70s, they never really got over the 70s, let's face it. What else arrived in disposable nappies? Disposable nappies, Durflo, what? Disposable nappies in the 70s? No more washing your terry cloth nappies and Green Hill cotton nappies in the well? Vodka and white also appears in the basket the first time. That is the fashionable drink of choice. Vodka white. Will we go steady? I'll get you a vodka white. And if you're a good girl, maybe a baby sham. God, I love you, Fidelma. But love is vodka and white. Out of fashion? Not this music. This is still very much in fashion in the 70s. Thank you, Brendan Shine. Bovril was gone in the 70s. Not, not for the fashionable 70s. Gone, out, writing ink, over. We were a new, modern country. We're not scratching around with quills and bottled ink. We're old people now, the 70s. God love you, Brendan. Oh, you stir things in my nethers. And then, of course, you have the 1980s. This was... Uh, Sexy new nation being born. Our mass emigration was even sexy in these days because all the sad people leaving Ireland were permed and coated in donkey jackets. Donkey jackets were attractive in a certain certain type. But what were we shopping for now in the 1980s with the pound still in, in a note and nobody with two red pinion to rub together? Exotic groceries were the trend in the 1980s. Mushrooms. What? 1982, mushrooms arrived into the shopping basket for the first time. We thought mushrooms were newfangled. It's so sad. Donuts as well. Not the donuts we know with the hole in them. There was some kind of strange uh, jammy thing in the middle of it. It's still there, actually, the 1982 donut. And grapefruits, of course. That was, uh, you were amazing if you had a grapefruit. And for the first time, bottled water, frozen meals, fast food, and microwaves. Now, the fourth of the frozen meals came before the microwaves, so we just ate them like a kind of an ice burger there for a couple of years. And of course, locking up women for getting frisky was still a tradition in the 1980s, but uh, we cast off such anti-fad things as uh, corsets, gone. Fishing, fish fingers, gone. Black and white tellies were over as well, even though my memories are entirely in black and white. 
How's it going, Lord Christie? Plug tobacco, chewing tobacco was spat out in the 1980s. It's a long, long way from here to there. It's a long, long way. If you're still using all of those things, by the way, in the 90s, it's because someone bought them in the 70s when they were fashionable. And of course, if you, were having, if you weren't having grapefruit, it's because you were broke, which was kind of everybody. But mercifully, a new arrival in the 1980s, if you're sweating like Christian a tinsel down there in the dirty, dirty part of July, we bought deodorant for the first time in 1982. So we had a bang of Benji off us. Until 82. What a crowd of savages we were. And then, of course, the 1990s arrived with Mary Robinson bringing a lot of modernity to the nation. And, of course, Hawhey bowed out after doing the state some service and also doing the state. The 1990s, the Brits had the internet. America had the discmans and white teeth that reflected their beautiful sun and their guns. But Ireland, no, no. In the 1990s in Ireland, we were standing agog in crazy prices, staring at something we had. We'd never seen it before. What is it, Mary? What is it? For the first time, broccoli and peppers arrived into the shopping basket. 1995, we saw broccoli for the first time. Look at it, Mary. Look at the gorgeous broccoli. Isn't it so? Look at the peppers, how they shine. Will we buy a few? I don't know what. We'll just hang them up at the front door. The broccolis. Hang them out to show off to the neighbours. That'll show them. That'll show them. We're good enough for broccoli. People would say things as well like, I'm on the muesli now. I'm on the muesli. Honest to God, British, I haven't moved this freely since the great skitters of 1975. It's very good for the gut, they say, the muesli. Yeah, very dry, but um, very good for you. Filtered coffee as well. That's new in the basket. Ended the gripping monopoly of Maxwell House Instant. The children of Ireland particularly loved filtered coffee for the first time. It stunted our growth, but it would never... It would never stand against our notions which exploded because walks were all the rage. Come on, Ireland with a walk? Didn't know quite what to do with a walk in 1996. People in Roscommon were, well, I presume, baptising children in walks around that area. Kiwis as well, brand new. God knows what they did, but I'd say A&E units were filled with people. Filled with Kiwis, if you know what I mean. And hiking boots, brand new in the 1990s. They were like, they're like wellies for good wear. Out of, unbelievable. So there you go. Out of kilter with our modern 90s life, the wellies were gone. And so the basket of goods used to calculate inflation during the reign of Bertie and winning streak, the things that went out of fashion, jelly was gone. We were still, I remember, we were still having jelly for the first time ever. <laughs> but again, you know, this was, a, this was a... Pints of milk, of course, gone, replaced by litres of milk. Oh, I don't try. I would never drink a pint of milk. Litres now, I love. Heavy overcoats were over. Nobody told Bertie. It was a banana rack. And the milk delivery fee was gone. And then in came the noughties. Ugly times for Ireland. Cream liqueurs and fine wines as Blue Nun and Golden October made way for Saint-Emilion and Montepulciano, the Brozzo and Baileys. Often in, at the same time, all mixed up in a pint of something. Uh, chewing gum sales, of course, shot up and spat out, mostly on Grafton Street, which was now slippy in the noughties with wealth and moneyed puke. Gone with the Celtic Tiger. Loose tea. Loose tea out of the basket of goods in the noughties. Two-piece wool suits, which is weirdly specific. Video players died. Public telephones and call cards went out with Westlife. All gone. Ah, it's so sad. And uh, what else died in, 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 the, in the noughties? Oh, no, yes, the... The wellies come out of the basket because it was all Jimmy Choo's. 
Jimmy Choo's only for me, Tarflet. I milk the cows, Jimmy Choo's, and Lebutons. Lebutons. That's right. I don't know if this is the noughties or the tens, because it all kind of melds into one at the stage. Smart tellies, music downloads, craft beer, avocados were brand new. Hake, sweet potatoes, vapes, unfortunately. And it was the end for ice cream cakes, like Vianetta. There was even a ceremony at Oris and Uchtaran, where Michael D. buried the last Romantica purchased in Ireland. I now commit to thee to the gods. Rest in delicious soft vanilla and caramel flavours and chocolate pieces surrounding you. Biscuit centre. A biscuit centre like Ireland itself. Sure, the land under Tullamore is 95% biscuit. Also gone, shoe polish was over uh, because Marty Whelan stopped using it to darken his hair and then cooking apples went the way of deep fat fryers. And so we come to the 2020s and today the CSO will announce who we are today and what we've embraced in our basket of shopping since 2016 and what things are gone. Possibly wearable tech, I presume, will be in there and Fitbits and fitness tracking things and maybe vegan products, plant-based stuff, dry robes, the dry robe people out there, 51551 is the text for the dry robe people because you you smart, you, you text with your phone, with your nose when you're in the sea. Uh, 0% alcohol, I presume that might be in there too. Chicken fillet rolls, electric charged things, the smaller items because it's average household basket of goods like bikes, e-scooters, all that sort of stuff uh, that people so efficiently use to um, rob Ireland, basically. Lycra, yoga, CrossFit indeed as well. But what's out of fashion for us since 2016? Pete Bricketts definitely would be gone. Bootcut jeans, certain meats, I'd say. Brown shoes, all dead. So we wait with bated breath to find out what our faith I- fate is in this era. I feel kind of emotional after that. But Valentine's will be the end. Actually, uh, slightly related news, because I did mention donkey jackets. I'm looking at a picture of Killian Murphy in a donkey jacket. Because our, the new film, this hugely anticipated film, Small Things Like These, opens the Berlin International Film Festival tonight. This is the world premiere of the movie adaptation of Clara Keegan's best-selling novel, who is short, long-listed for the uh, Booker Prize. Short-listed for the Booker Prize, come down to the end. Uh, so Small Things Like These has become the first Irish film ever to open the Berlin International Film Festival tonight. Of course, um, the screenplay was by Enda Walsh. It also stars Emily Watson and with Killian Murphy's um, Oscar nomination and everything, there's going to be a lot of excitement about this movie set over Christmas in 1985 when devoted father and coal merchant Bill Furlong discovers startling secrets being kept by the convent in his town. Well, we know it wasn't broccoli and uh, he's, in the, he's in the donkey jacket. Well, well, Killian Murphy can just make anything look kind of trendy, to be honest. Uh, very stylish, stylish donkey jacket. Uh, 51551 is the text. Oliver, do you remember Aaron Little Dinners, says Michael O'Connor in Waterford. Well, I remember pack everything, Aaron and Packetson, and it was Dan Cork there. And I remember Aaron Foods closing and streams of people leaving East Cork uh, to England, where they're still there. Oh no, not brown shoes. Yes, they were, I think they were. I think that's 87. I think they're gone. But shoe polish, yeah, shoe polish died. Uh, people are, are wondering if avocados are in. Avocados have been in in the 2010s. Okay, the 2010s, whatever that, that 10s period. We don't know what to call that era. It's more noughties. Um, hi, Olivier. Someone is christening me here now. Yeah, I, I like it. Olivar, somebody was calling me in kind of a, a Scandinavian way during Game of Thrones. I was so shocked about the mushrooms. Such a damp place as Ireland. Mushrooms so easily grow here. But my mum remembers how newfangled mushrooms and grapefruit were in. That's from Anna from Dublin 18, which has always been very trendy, Dublin 18. I've no idea 
That's a real place. Um, but I suppose mushrooms, you see, arriving into the basket would have been a big thing because we, we had mushrooms growing everywhere, including out of jackets and things and people's heads. But people were buying them. So I suppose that was a sign of wealth. I mean, who was buying a Polaroid in the 70s? Everyone was broke. So if you were buying mushrooms, it's like, look, look now, I have the mushrooms. Um, bringing your empty lemonade bottles, glass uh, glass bottles, it would have been back to the shop for your 5p deposit. Died out by the 90s. Never to return, I'd say, says Noel, who has an arched eyebrow. Yes, the glass bottles are returning with, of course, that whole palaver about the recycled plastic bottles is definitely a thing. Uh, this person says, I still have my both my fountain pen and my, at the time, new, but guaranteed to leak all over your school bag, cartridge pen from primary school. For reference, I will turn 53 this May. I remember when my school transferred from fountain pens to modern cartridge pens. I hated them. They always leaked. The fountain pens never leaked. But the fountain pens never leaked. I would have thought they would have been the most leaky, leaky. So the modern cartridges were the ones that leaked. Yeah, I suppose I could see if they were a bit faulty. Does anyone else remember having to approach teacher with our fountain pen for a refill during our penmanship classes? Well, I remember the cartridgey ones. This would have been primary school. So uh, late, mid to late 80s, we would have learned how to do the handwriting with the, uh, the nice, the fancy pen. In fact, I bought a Parker only yesterday and I remarked how it came in a paper only uh, thing as a refillable parker which I forgot to bring to school today um, but um, they're, they're the things yeah, they're the things we're all, we're all thinking about but don't forget they were I think it was all the kind of middle class fine, wealthy people particularly the 80s where they're all buying that stuff in the 80s it's coming out anyway this afternoon I mean donuts deodorant bottled water frozen meat Walkmans and Lego was also a thing I mean Lego is expensive now I mean the 80s you were on the on the pig's back if you were buying if you were buying Lego for goodness sake Ah, you made it to the end of the podcast. Well done and thank you, listener. Make sure to like, lick, subscribe to the podcast. Don't lick your phone, by the way. It is more germs than the average public toilet seat. I actually read that somewhere. You just know these things when you work in radio because you find out tiny facts about a wide array of subjects, yet never become an expert in any of them. You can never even remember half of what we learn. What am I doing again? Oh yes, it's the end of the podcast as you know it. I'll be back on the radio on Monday. Chat to you then. Keep in touch. Oliver at rte.ie. Slon.